0: This episode of Tech News Day is sponsored by Stitch Fix and by Manscaped. So, first things first, as we were putting this episode together on Wednesday and lamenting the fact that this was a relatively slow news week for tech,
1: careful what you wish for, absolute hell
0: broke out over on Mm Twitter.com. So we first noticed it with Elon Musk, who tweeted out the following, Feeling grateful, doubling all payments sent to my Bitcoin address. You send $1,000, I send back $2,000. Only doing this for the next 30 minutes. And then a long Bitcoin address at the end of it. So, uh, wow. Real generous. No, he
1: was was hacked. Or at least
0: it, it very much looked like Elon was hacked. So, for a long time, scammers have been creating fake accounts that look like Elon's and replying to his tweets with similar crypto scams, which other fake accounts amplify by liking, retweeting, and replying to, so they often... The first thing below his tweets.
1: Uh, also, they've been doing this with lesser known verified accounts for a very long time. Yeah. Then reply. They've to, changed their strategies in very clever ways. They would reply to Elon's tweets and they would get like that somewhat high of a signal boost because they'd have other accounts liking it yeah. and it had the verified symbols. So, like, oh, well, this must be legitimate.
0: Yeah, it's been an interesting scam that has evolved with, uh, you know, changes Twitter has made to try to cut down on it. But Elon Musk in particular is the guy that always has crypto scams underneath his tweet under his name yeah so yeah looks like those scammers looks like they finally just cut out the middle man and they hacked elon's account to do what they've already been doing
1: yeah so it's pretty funny at first glance i guess this big big bad tech ceo yeah uh getting his account hacked and uh you know not like it's so funny because like out of all the things yeah i mean a scam sucks but if you're stupid enough to send your money like whatever yeah but like the implications of having a gigantic account like this taken over are much worse than a simple scam. Yes. It could have been like, you know what, fuck the shareholders, like, or anything like that. Yeah, that's what, whenever these hacks happen, I'm like, why, do
0: something funny. Do something. <laughs> oh, do yeah, something, real, yeah, real funny, tank the stock market. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Hilarious. Yeah. But anyways, uh, the guy that's taking us to Mars, apparently, he can't even secure his Twitter account. Come on, Elon. Is that really what happened? Uh, no, it it would appear as though this wasn't Elon's fault, Okay. It was rather someone seriously exploiting Twitter itself because soon uh, there was an absolute avalanche of big name verified Twitter accounts tweeting out similar messages with the same Bitcoin address attached. You had Bill Gates, Kanye West, who just dropped out of the presidential race, by yeah. the way, Jeff Bezos, Barack Obama, Joe Biden, Mike Bloomberg, Warren Buffett, Wiz Khalifa, Mr. Beast, Floyd Mayweather, Triple X Tentacion. He's dead, isn't he? Yes. <laughs> uh, Apple, Uber. Cash App and more, uh, including several major cryptocurrency services, including Coinbase, Binance, Gemini, and a bunch of others. So obviously, this was on its face,
0: blatantly a scam. Yes. Uh, but the two biggest dead giveaways oh, were geez. that uh, XXX Quintasión is literally fucking dead and has been for a while, and also Jeff Bezos would never give back to any community. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Uh, anyways, about an hour after this all started, which seems way too long. Yeah. Uh, the scam bait tweets started getting deleted by Twitter, but the problem was apparently not yet under control. In fact, it was so out of control that every single verified account on Twitter had their posting privileges temporarily taken away. Hmm. The retweet button still worked, though, so you had some people creatively using the the EveryWord Twitter account, which just has tweets of every word in the English language. They were retweeting posts from the EveryWord account to tweet messages, like this one. I figured out a loophole.
1: Yeah, I I (laughs) retweeted contact at one point, just like touching the void. Yeah.
0: Uh, At one point, after about 40 minutes, some verified accounts were able to tweet again. But then, just a few minutes later, they all seem to have, again, been
1: silenced. Because they're all making jokes about the fucking hack. And they're like, we can't tell, we don't understand the satire here. Yeah. You know that hard drive is still taken down. Wait, really? Because during the hack, they made a joke. And their Bitcoin address was like, you know, like a bunch of numbers and then like XXX42069 snipers. God damn it. So they're still off the ears, as far as I know by the time we film this. Stop censoring the hard drive. Yeah. Anyway, it wasn't around until three hours after this
0: all started that those poor verified Twitter accounts like Ricky over here got their posting privileges back. Me? Unverified? Yeah. It was finally, it was like, it was like no kids allowed in the pool. It was, it was adult swim, baby. My timeline was pure.
1: No, the kids were in the pool and all the adults were gone. Wow. Well, you, you, you <laughs> apples, oranges. You know, depends on your perspective. I had to get on a video chat with my friends and hold pictures of memes up. It was terrible. <laughs> what a terrible time. So anyways, what the hell happened? Uh, well, there wasn't, it wasn't entirely clear. And Twitter has understandably been very tight-lipped about it since they're probably still in the middle of an ongoing internal investigation. And possibly legal investigation. I would assume that that is right around the corner. Yeah. Uh, the last time something like this happened, last September when Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey's account was taken over by hackers, it was done via SIM swapping, which usually involves tricking the victim's mobile carrier into reassigning the victim's phone number to a hacker's phone. The hacker got Jack Dorsey's phone number assigned to them, then used an old forgotten tweet via SMS feature to tweet from his account. Though, due to how this works, they never actually had access to his DMs or anything else. That feature was disabled following that hack, so it couldn't have been that. And the fact that this was so many big accounts at the same time suggests that it was something much bigger uh, and definitely a, a breach of Twitter's actual security. Yeah. So, one explanation, though,
0: comes to us from Vice's tech site, Motherboard, who claimed that sources in the hacking community provided them with screenshots of an internal control panel used by Twitter employees to interact with user accounts. So, while this crypto scam hack was happening, Twitter was apparently auto-deleting all posts featuring those screenshots. So, it could be that someone gained access to these internal Twitter tools and used them to take over all these big accounts, uh, which means it. Could have been either a rogue Twitter employee, uh, a Twitter employee who was bribed, or um, an employee who was hacked. Yeah. Uh, previously, a disgruntled Twitter employee deleted Donald Trump's Twitter account, uh, no. and uh, two employees were also found to be abusing their access to spy for the Saudi government. So, so
1: there's a precedent Things have
0: happened, yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, hours after it was first reported on, uh, Vice Writer Jason Kobler wrote on Twitter, quote, we spoke to two hackers and we were able to independently verify they were in control of hijacked accounts today. One of them said they paid the Twitter employee to help them take over accounts. Not sure on the specifics here at the moment. Damn. So, yeah, I mean, it sounds like an inside job. Yeah. And I guess we'll find out more about this at some point. I I would have to assume that it's partly because all of Twitter is working from home and are more susceptible to either feeling more invincible when getting bribed or Mm -hmm. having much more lax security measures on their home internet. Yeah. Um, Depending on which way this goes, it could be the answer. Yeah. Uh, And would probably call into question Jack's, you know, command to, Hey, we're going full remote forever, Mm -hmm. which in theory is a great idea. Yeah. Uh, But we might be starting to see some cracks here. in terms of cybersecurity. Probably not not as great. Uh, Anyways, if you were wondering how many people actually fell for this blatant scam, uh, and actually sent some Bitcoin over to their heroes. Looks like around 368 gullible losers. Uh, with a total of around $118,000 worth of Bitcoin. So, good grief. Yikes. And who knows how much, like, after all of this as well. Like, it, c- it could be higher. I don't
0: know. It also, like, it, it could be that no one sent the money. Like, it. you can... Bitcoin is, like, transparent, but also it's, like, they could have just been sending themselves money
1: just to make it look like... Also, $118,000 for, like, the risk of this is not not great. great, Especially if they had to pay a Twitter employee who I'm assuming would take a decent amount of money, considering they're employed by Twitter, and probably get paid pretty well. Mm -hmm. Anyways, it would uh, would have been really cool if the hackers used uh, separate account wallets for each of the accounts that were hacked. That way we could see once and for all whose Twitter followers were the most gullible and dumbest. Yeah, So we have an idea of who that might be. Although, I would love to say Elon Musk, but, but I would go with Cash App on this, which is owned by Jack, right? In uh, Indirectly, because he owns Square. And I think they're Square. Uh, I don't know the whole uh, spider web of shit with Cash App. But Cash App actually they do, does. They do
0: giveaways. Yeah, they not, do giveaways. But not Vic? Like, does Cash App even have a crypto? Like, so that's what I'm saying. Interface. As
1: far as gullibility goes, like I think the Cash App one might have been Actually, the I most think, effective. I think the one that the one that may
0: have gotten the most was probably Mr. Beast because he mm. his entire persona is, is giving bu- away. Is money. Built around giving away money.
1: Uh, do we get to the Mr. Beast news in here? I, I brief no. summary. He posted on uh, Wall Street Bets, which is. Well, you you know what Wall Street Bets is? It's people who literally gamble in the stock market on Reddit. Mm. He posted, "I'm going to spend a hundred thousand dollars on whatever stock has the most upvoted things." And uh, I don't know the law, but it seemed like a pretty clear cut like SEC violation. And uh, yeah, within a couple hours, they had locked the post. Yeah, uh, deleted a bunch of comments. Put up a thing with like a a, a rules violation section of yeah, the SEC. Yeah, like, we don't know this fucking. Where shit. They where they're like, we're not risking our entire subreddit getting shut down because this guy's coming in here to try to make a video. Yeah. So I don't know how accurate it is. You would assume this guy would run through stuff through his like lawyers and shit before he does it, but to me it seemed like a pretty big pump and dump, like a public. Yeah. Pumping it I mean, up. he probably would have
0: gotten away with it. It's The SEC is, like, just... The they're all, really busy right now. Well, also, it's, like, the same thing with, like, every time Elon manipulates Tesla stock. They're like, well, there wasn't... It's, like, the Air Bud shit every time. They're like, there's no rule against, like, whatever the fuck he just yeah, did.
1: Yeah, he probably would have gone down in history with, like, the Mr. Beast clause in the SEC... Yeah, yeah. Uh, Could have made history. ...website, yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, having separate wallets, it would have at least yielded important scientific research to see who follows who and how gullible they are, but I don't know. It could, listen, maybe Elon's followers, considering they've been targeting him for so long, and, yeah, he, and, they, he, and he finally gave in and said, you know yeah, what, I'm going to do it. They wouldn't be targeting
0: Elon's account specifically if it didn't yield results. Mm-hmm. Like, Because this has been going for like four years. Yeah. Like the Elon Musk crypto scam. So people must be falling
2: for it.
1: Yeah, and I think that's I why know. hard drive got caught up in it is because they probably did that. If they did the shadow band thing, mm-hmm. they probably just typed in like you know the first couple lines of it exactly the way it was, yeah. and that's they that's exactly how they wrote it. So, yeah, should have done what I did. I was like, give me Bitcoin, please. Yeah, I, I said, give me beans. <laughs> give me beans. <laughs> Send beans. <laughs> <laughs> I will double your beans.
0: Yep. Uh, In other news, though, uh, we covered this a bit on last week's news dump, but uh, the U.S. Army has been getting really into esports lately, including regular Twitch broadcasts of members of their esports team playing a variety of games. League of Legends, Overwatch, Valorant, Apex Legends, and, of course, Call of Duty Warzone. Uh, The streams have been going for a few months now, and the Army's esports initiative has been... The whole thing's been going for nearly two years, but it gained a lot more attention at the end of June. So, replying to a Twitter post by Discord announcing that Discord was widening their focus from just gamers to being a more general chatting service, the US Army Esports account replied, Giant Wumpus plus you win. A Wumpus, referring to Discord's uh, pig like cartoon mascot. Discord replied, How giant is giant? Army Esports replied, Snorlax giant. Discord said, We'll ask the merch store boss lady. And the official US Army Esports Twitter account replied, Ooh, <laughs> ooh! <Ooh-woo. laughs> <laughs> most powerful army on the face of the earth. Ooh, you,
1: your tax dollars at work.
0: God damn it!
1: So this was most—this was one of the most egregious examples of hello there, fellow kids—that uh, we've ever seen. Uh, literally, a department of the United States Armed Forces using a cutesy weeaboo furry emoticon. Uh, the worst timeline, folks. Mm-hmm. This, of course, attracted a lot of attention to not just the fact that the U.S. Army had an eSports team, but also a Discord. So trolls started flooding that Discord with copypastas, memes, and links to the Wikipedia page for war crimes committed by the United States. And it turned out the Discord server's mods were extremely quick with that ban hammer. Get out! Very quick. And this encouraged even more trolling, with trolls trying to speed run the fastest ban. Eventually, the Discord was stripped down to just two useless channels, the welcome page and a stream page automatically linking the new streams. Yeah. Completely useless. Yeah. So, pff, that's one victory. Yeah, I guess. The, the war. Why does the U.S. Army need a fucking chat room anyway?
0: Uh, to recruit. Yeah, I know. And we'll but, get to that.
1: Yeah. But, uh, yeah. There was also
0: plenty of band speed running on the U.S. Army Esports Twitch channel itself. Uh, viewership was never very high. It was usually just around, like, 25 concurrent videos. I'm and, bigger than the
1: Army. Yeah, <laughs>
0: and, uh, and I got to believe most of those 25 were probably Army personnel... Yeah. like I, have, there's always like several mods in the chat. They're all army employees and whatnot. They so, just went
1: down to like the, the the back room with all the computers and flicked them all onto Twitch.
0: Yeah. yeah. So it reminds me of like when uh, Machinima Live was a thing. Just everyone like a, turn your like computers on to the hey, Twitch channel, guys. We, there's zero. Everyone just open a new tab, go to the Machinima Twitch channel. Leave it on in the background. We all love pump it. Don't up we with folks. The numbers. Yeah. So that might be what's happening here. Yeah. But anyway, lower viewership. So references to war crimes and whatnot. They were caught and banned just as quickly as on Discord, but with the added bonus of also seeing the gamer soldier currently streaming get visibly annoyed by it. (laughs) They did not like that.
1: No.
0: Um, Although we were able to find at least one example of uh, war crime trolling that managed to get past the mods. I love this so Mm -hmm. much. My dad served in Vietnam. Bless him. He was deployed in 1968, fought for 11th Brigade Charlie Company. I'll always be thankful for his service. Can everyone thank him for his service, please? (laughs) Which was followed by other commenters. Hoorah! Now that
1: way, that's the (laughs) Marines. Yeah.
0: Thanking that, get it right. (laughs) A lot of other users thanking that user's dad for his service. uh, Not realizing that uh, that specific Charlie Company were involved in 1968. Mi Lai Massacre, in which hundreds of Vietnamese villagers, mostly women and children, were gunned down for no reason at all.
1: So, Thank you for your service. Slipped in that war crime. Yeah. Mi Lai is just one of a whole lot of examples of similar war crimes committed by the U.S. military that a lot of people don't know about. Now, one, uh, one reason that trolls latched on to war crimes for their trolling is to discourage people from enlisting, obviously. Yeah. Because that's what the U.S. Army Esports Initiative is actually about. They're not just having fun. Yeah. They're not just bored and want to play some games. Yeah. It's like... <laughs>
0: they're not just firing up like the F-18 squad and flying it over every football game in America just because they want to burn fuel
1: yeah they're doing it because it looks fucking awesome they want people to say they want people to think they can actually fly those yeah where 99.9% can't I'm going to sign up for the Air Force wait hold on (laughs) (laughs) they trained me how to do IT work this fucking sucks Uh look, this esports initiative, it's a recruitment tool. Let's let's all be honest here. Yeah. They're not just doing this for fun. As we said, enlistment, it's been down in recent years, probably due to widespread disillusionment with the our various wars <laughs> in the Middle East. Uh plus schools are all closed, and that's where recruiters usually try to convince teenagers to enlist. Uh, no job fairs right now. Yeah, malls uh malls are
0: closed too. They love they love the mall.
1: Not a lot of uh like concerts they can set up in the parking lot and see how many pull-ups you can do for a free toy or yeah. whatever. Uh, mean, meanwhile, in the midst of all this stuff being shut down and them not being able to enlist the ways that they've traditionally been able to, mm-hmm. uh, shooter video games, they're more popular than ever. And so is live streaming. Yeah, uh, Especially live streaming and playing games like Call of Duty, whose Warzone game mode is free to play and features lots of, lot of real-life military weapons and gear. It's uh, very popular, and so is Twitch. So yeah. it makes sense that the military would pivot their recruitment strategy to what's essentially influencer marketing through video game streaming. Yeah, and it's also it's not really anything new. Uh, the Army launched the
0: free-to-play video game series America's Army back in 2002 at the height of the War on Terror, and they've been updating it every few years since then. I think the most recent one's from 2015, mm. and it's free. It's who doesn't like free games? <laughs> uh, and various branches of the U.S. military have been sponsoring esports leagues for years. Uh, in a recent article about all of this in the Nation by a friend of the show Jordan Uhl, uh, he quotes a Navy representative who says, "Quote." Through our partnership with Twitch, the most popular esports streaming site, the Navy has immediate access to millions of 17 to 24-year-old esports enthusiasts on the platform to showcase a side of Navy life that viewers may not expect. Viewers are asking our gamers insightful questions,
1: and our gamers are effectively communicating that there is a place for everyone in the Navy. As Jordan says in the article, quote, "...instead of approaching a recruiter behind a table in a school cafeteria, Kids can hang out with one who is playing their favorite video games and replying to their chat messages for hours on end. Uh, Elsewhere in the article, he writes, A typical military stream looks something like this. A recruiter, usually a man in his 30s, sits comfortably in his gaming chair inside a dimly lit room illuminated by a monitor and the colorful LED lights of his computer tower. An American flag hangs on the wall behind his right shoulder. An oversized stuffed animal sits to his left. He's playing Call of Duty or Valorant. He's friendly and talks about how much he loves being in the army. Despite being older than most of his young viewers, he speaks like them. It do be like that sometimes. We do have some great comms, said <laughs> a recruiter in one recent session. What's that fucking game that you should play if you really want to know what uh, the army's like? Uh, uh, insurgent? No, Insurgent, uh, uh, the one where you're in the Middle East and you have to like kill the the guys who just went crazy over there. Oh, um, um, uh, Spec Ops The Line? Uh, maybe
0: it's that one, <laughs> Yes. <Yeah. laughs> I don't know. That is, that's the brutal one, right? Yeah. Where every
1: time I'm just shocked by what I'm seeing and doing? Yeah,
0: that's the, the adaptation of Heart of Darkness. A great game. <laughs>
1: there you go. Uh,
0: you, you, you drop white phosphorus on people mistakenly, and then you see the after results of it. US Army Esports,
1: play that game. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a dollar <laughs> play speck on back off the
0: line. It's very cheap. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the article, it also includes uh, this example of someone in the chat almost getting banned for simply acknowledging that all of this is a recruiting tactic. Quote, I see you guys are upgrading from recruiting out of low-income schools. Nice. (laughs) Twitch user xcanyon916 said in a Navy stream on Tuesday while the recruiter was fielding questions about life in the military from chatters expressing desire to join the Navy eSports team. The recruiter warned xcanyon916 that if they said something again about the Navy's recruiting practices, they'd be banned. Hmm. Uh, And in case you're not convinced that this is all just blatantly about recruiting, uh, as Jordan's article points out, the U.S. Army eSports Twitter account features this link. GoArmy.com slash esports. When you click it, though, it takes you to this page here. Register to win. Well, I don't know what I'm registering for, but let me just fill this out I real- hair your jet. <laughs> I'm going to fill this out real quick, and uh-oh, I've just signed up to be
1: contacted by an Army recruiter. Yeah, similarly in the U.S. Army Esports Twitch chat, Moobot regularly posts this automated message. Xbox Elite Series 2 controller giveaway, and uh, a link that takes you to, you guessed it, the same recruitment page, but with Request information at the top instead of register to win. And no information at all about any contest. Now, in both cases, it's pretty damn obvious what's happening here. But less so if you're 16 or 17 years old and you just want a free Xbox controller. Yeah. You're thinking you're signing up for a giveaway and suddenly you're getting calls and texts and emails from a recruiter that are, that are basically trained salesmen. And they're telling you about how great your life in the Army is going to be. Yeah. Your future looks so bright. Have you seen that you could go to college or buy a house? Yeah. Or do what everyone else does and buy a Mustang straight out of boot camp. No, it's it's the Dodge Challenger. Oh, now? Okay, yeah. it's
0: evolved. It, look, you're going to get a signing bonus of anywhere from twenty dollars to $40,000. And there's a and dealership. There is a Dodge dealership <laughs> right next to the base. And they're going to give you a great APR of just 20%. Yeah.
1: It's
0: pretty good. Like, Don't fact-check me on that, but I'm a recruiter. I know what I'm talking about, so come on.
1: We all went down there and got the same car. It's fucking badass. You like playing Call of Duty, right, kid? Yeah, That's all we do. Yeah. And, yeah, look, the enlistment bonus, it's great. Lots of reasons to sign up, right, kid? Yeah. Uh, As for
0: why this is so shitty, Jordan Knoll summed up pretty well in a quote in a separate article in Vice saying... Recruiting is an extremely predatory process that goes after kids who are captivated by this myth of war perpetuated by the media. It preys on kids who are poor or disadvantaged. It promises them a better life. The military promised them stability. They promise them steady income and the ability to serve your country and become a hero. When in reality, a lot of them end up doing grunt work or suffer a lifetime of PTSD or endure military sexual trauma or in worst cases die. To use video games and culture and entertainment agitprop to recruit kids is especially predatory.
1: Now, interestingly, uh, despite streaming on a near daily basis for the last couple of months, the U.S. Army eSports Twitch account hasn't been active for the last week. Hmm. Did Internet Trolls successfully defeat the world's most powerful army? Twice, because Discord was first. Did they take on Twitch? And before that, it was uh, big-time socialists and the K-pop stands (laughs) over on TikTok. (laughs) The Internet is all powerful. Uh, Well, okay, maybe they did, sort of. Turns out all those chat bans may have been a violation of the First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. Uh, A representative from Columbia University's Knight First Amendment Institute, who successfully sued Donald Trump when he blocked people on Twitter, told Vice, as a general rule, as established in our case against Trump, if a government agency or branch of the military operates a social media platform or a website, and they allow people generally to post comments, then typically that would be considered a public forum. If the army run Twitch channel is a public forum, then deleting comments or blocking people from commenting based on their viewpoints, such as asking about military crimes, would violate the First Amendment. And listen, listen and read what we just said when you start saying, well, you're using our excuse against us that they're private platforms and they can police. No, so the platform itself is private, but when, when it's the government or something acting on behalf of yeah. the government. Yeah. Remember those?
0: Yeah. Uh, remember those calls we showed during the protests of uh, like the Los Angeles Police Commission getting yelled at for like eight straight hours and how they weren't allowed to just hang up on people for swearing or anything. They just had to sit there and take it.
1: You are a disgrace! Suck my dick and choke on it! I yield my time! Fuck you!
0: Like. The rules are different when, when the government when involved. the government's involved. Yes. Anyway, the ACLU is also on the case here uh, with a representative telling Vice. It looks like the government has opened up this channel to engage in various games but is also creating a chat box where people can speak to them and talk about the game and talk about whatever they wanted to talk about until the thing they wanted to talk about was something that the army found offensive or opposed. And that's exactly what the government can't do in a forum that it designates. The government cannot constitutionally prohibit speech on the basis of viewpoint and it looks like that's exactly what it did here. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's unclear if any actual lawsuits have been filed, I think it's just these First Amendment orgs being like, hey, you're,
1: as, as K.W. Miller would say, ice, you're on notice. <laughs> you're on notice. <laughs>
0: um, but, I mean, even the threat of being sued over this might be the reason that U.S. Army Esports has gone silent recently. Mm-hmm. And to that, we
1: say,
2: ooh
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> anyway, anyways, uh, before we toss things over to Phil for his weekly rant, uh, this episode is sponsored by Stitch Fix. Wouldn't it be great if every clothing store you shopped at had only your size, the styles that you like, and the price that you want them at? Well, Stitch Fix is a company focused on making that happen. Stitch Fix is an online personal styling company that makes getting the clothes you love effortless. It's a completely different way to shop that's all about you every time. So to get started, go to stitchfix.com newsday to set up your profile, and they'll deliver great looks personalized just for you in your colors, styles, and budget. You pay a $20 styling fee for
0: each fix, which is credited towards anything you keep. Schedule at any time. There's no subscription required. Plus, shipping, returns, and exchanges are easy and free. Stitch Fix does the hard work for you, making great style effortless for everybody, including men, women, and kids. Get started today at stitchfix.com newsday, and you'll get 25% off when you keep everything in your box. That is stitchfix.com newsday for 25% off when you keep everything in your fix.
1: Stitchfix.com slash newsday. This episode is also sponsored by Manscaped. Summer is in full action, and we are thankful for Manscaped for keeping us fresh. Sun's out, bum's out, (laughs) and hopefully your pubes are not out. Uh, Manscaped, they offer all the right tools to keep your hair groomed above and below the belt. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full body grooming game. They actually just released their Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is the perfect add-on to their Lawn Mower 3.0 or Perfect Package. The Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools, and it includes slash tip tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium-grit nail file. You're probably wearing flip-flops, and people don't want to see those nasty, unclipped toes of yours, so... Check it out. No one
0: likes an ungroomed set of feet, fingers, and most importantly, balls. That's why Manscaped has forever changed the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0, which comes with the Essential lawnmower 3.0 Water-Resistant Cordless Body Trimmer. This is the best trimmer on the market for those of you in need of a chest shave or a ball cleanup. This third-gen trimmer features skin-safe technology to reduce manscaping accidents. Inside the Perfect Package, you'll also find the Manscaped Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant moisturizer, because they know how painful chafing can be when you're wearing your bathing suit all day. You'll also find the Crop Reviver, a testy toner, (laughs) that's
1: designed to give you a pep in your stuff. It certainly does. It's nice for a quick pick-me-up at any time (laughs) of the day. It really is. I like the nail clippers, too. Yeah, it's a real nice nail clipper set. Uh, Subscribe to The Perfect Package and get a new blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months. And for a limited time, subscribers get two free gifts the Shed Travel Bag worth $39, and the patented, high-performance, reduced-chafing Manscape Boxer Briefs. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code TECHNEWSDAY20 at manscaped.com. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. Again, you'll get 20% off and free shipping with the code TECHNEWSDAY20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping. Manscaped.com, code TECHNEWSDAY20. All links and information down in the description below. Summer is here. It's time to Manscaped. Time to look good, even if no one's seen anybody, your girlfriend or your boyfriend yeah. or whatever.
2: All right, Phil, lay it on us. The news sucks these days. There's so much bad stuff going on, and it's tough to know what's really happening because of political bias and some real suspect interpretation of facts. You got CNN going, dude, the president did a thing. And then you got Fox News going, he did not do it. He didn't do the They did a different thing. So it's awful. But at least we've got the tech sector. The last. The last bastion of truth where we can completely rely on what we see in here. So let's check in on what's like going on with some of our cool friends. Verizon powers intuitive customer experiences with Google cloud. That sounds awesome. Intuitive customer experiences are some of my favorite kind of experiences as a customer. I don't know what any of this means. So let's see what a professional person who does this reads these for a living says. You call Verizon, a Google bot answers. You demand a human, the human is told what to say by the bot. God fucking damn it. God fucking damn it. Now, if we go back to the Verizon press release, this is what they claim the technology will do. Whether through voice call or chat, customers will not need to go through menu prompts or option trees. They simply say or type their request, and the natural language recognition feature finds the best way to assist them. No stilted speech or robot-like commands. I kind of feel like this is what we've been promised for years. Every time you call customer service, a recording tells you, in a few words, tell us what you're calling about. You can say things like, no, 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 goddammit, not this shit, or motherfucker, a human, give me a human, human person, now, motherfucker. Well, now we're at like version 3.0 of whatever this stuff is, and it's supposedly better because at the heart of the technology is Google Cloud's dialogue flow. Just put a space in between. It's dialogue flow. It's two words. It's not one word. Ah, uh, I hate these people. So there's a lot of icons with paragraphs on their site talking about what's going on, but if you just look in the upper left, you can figure out exactly what's going on where it says AI and machine learning products. Ta-da! That's it, it's using AI instead of decade-old voice recognition software for these calls. Now, if I can speculate here, this is a total guess, this is probably a way of Google monetizing the tech behind Google Duplex. Do you even remember what that was? We have no attention spans. 2018, Google demoed their AI assistant tech that could make appointments and reservations for you. Hi,
1: I'm calling to book a woman's haircut for our client. Um, I'm looking for something on May 3rd.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: It looked fairly promising. Finally, AI and speech recognition evolved past the point, you know, where they can finally do more good than harm. And in theory, it could take some menial tasks off your plate while efficiently communicating with a local business. It's a win-win. Now, in 2020, because this is the world, the tech is being used against us. It's like in 2018, it was Skynet here to protect us you know, from stuff, but in 2020, it's created terminators that are here to destroy our morale on customer service calls. So I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm qualified to talk about this because one of my first jobs was in a call center answering phones for a cable company. So let me kind of give you some general insights as to how call centers work. I'm not claiming I know everything. I know different you know, industries do different things, and uh, I'm sure technology and policies and just the world have changed since I was putting in hard time on the phones. But here are the basics on how you know, the world looks from a call center employee's perspective. The number one thing is call time. Your number one objective is to keep your call time low. The longer you're helping a single customer, the less you're helping others. So the person you're talking to is trying to get you off the phone as quickly as possible. And then every week or month or whatever, your boss has a time printout. And then there's like, I don't know, they post it in the break room or some shit. It just, it's not fun. Number two, uh, you don't get to answer the phone. A headset tethers you to your cubicle. And without warning, you hear a beep. And then just a customer is immediately on the line. Thank you for calling Cable Company. This is Phil. How can I help you? If there's a queue of customers lined up, that as soon as you finish a call, you're greeted with another beep and, oh, thank you for calling cable company. This is Phil. How can I help you? There's another customer. It's like there's an endless line of them and there are literally no breaks between calls. So sometimes when you call and someone sounds flustered or they're like, oh, my system's running slow, it's because they just, they haven't been able to go to the bathroom. Three, um, You are told to do everything in your power to resolve the issue, even if a customer asks for your supervisor. You know that one, that, that move. Uh, your supervisor is a last resort, and they let you know that. And they get mad at you if you don't de-escalate things. And uh, that's kind of like calling your mommy or daddy, and, and they don't—they don't really like having to do that. So, hardest parts of you know taking customer service calls are people who call in are often angry, usually justified, but they're pissed, and you have to solve their problem while playing by the company's rules. And there's other bummers such as like I don't know, like you're 22 and you're just answering phones for a living, and then an old. You know person calls in who's on a fixed income and they're like can you lower my bill and you're like told not to give them discounts just because you feel bad that's a customer service job baby so the few tips i can give you that you know might work is if you ever have to call in and talk to a human try to be polite try to be reasonable when asking for discounts or promos or or whatever you're dealing with because they're more likely to, to be motivated to help you if you're just kind of making their day easy and going through stuff and without screaming or going right to the supervisor thing. Um, Another one is to be educated, know whatever promos or deals or whatever, whatever their competitors are offering and bring those up if you're asking for stuff or negotiating. Um, But you do have to be educated because they know this trick too. So let's say you're calling Comcast and you're like, you know what, Verizon's 49 bucks for this thing. Well, what they're going to do is they're going to go to Verizon's site and punch in your address. And if Verizon doesn't offer their service at your address, they're going to be like, well, you can't get that so just know come to the table only with deals and services that are actually available to you and this is the ultimate nuclear option write a letter that is some real old person shit and let me tell you it's effective uh, a, a year or two ago i had a big problem with my tv provider so i wrote a letter and explained what my issue was and guess what they called me less than a week later from their corporate office and gave me exactly what i asked for now What I asked for was reasonable. I was like, I just want the discounts that are on your site. But you got to look at it this way if you're the company. If this person is crazy enough to write a letter, print that letter, sign that letter, and mail that letter, they're the kind of crazy person who's going to tell their friends and family and hairdresser and Uber driver and everybody they come into contact with how awful your company is. It's people like me. So I don't know how much longer letter writing is going to be effective, but it seems like it'll still work right now until the AIs are reading the letters and just saying no to anything you ask for. So I don't know, like this is a real watershed moment. Who knows if Google's tech will make customer service any less painful. Google Duplex, the reservation software, after about a year, it turns out it wasn't the magic bullet that Google had hoped it would be. Um, it evolved into something called Reserve with Google which smartly checks to see if there's a way of making reservations via an app or website and doing it that way before it picks up the virtual phone. And this is the crux of the whole thing. Phone calls are not always easy, even if you have a human on each end of that call. And it's not out of the question to see if future where Google or a rival of Google or a small startup or something, creates an AI that makes those, you know, shitty calls, can I talk to your supervisor for you? Then what's gonna happen when there's an AI making the complaining customer call, and then there's an AI in the call center acting as the person, and they're just fighting and we don't have jobs? That's that's awful. Seems, seems like it's not that far off. I, I feel like the comments are just gonna be like, man, sure seems like Phil's losing his mind. And you know what? You're
0: right. All right, thank you, Phil. Anyways, before we wrap things up here, just a few brief coronavirus it's updates. It's still around? <laughs> Yeah, I thought that we were going to be done with this by Easter. Hmm. No. Yeah, it's it's actually worse than ever. New yeah. cases continue to rise in the U.S., with an average of around 65,000 new cases per day. Jesus. And while Americans are thankfully banned from being able to spread the disease into pretty much any other countries, that's not true for the U.S. military. Uh, at least 136 Marines stationed in Okinawa, Japan, have tested positive for the virus, which has understandably pissed off the local and national government over there because you see up until this marine base outbreak the entire island of okinawa had seen only 148 confirmed cases of covid since february the number of confirmed cases on the base more than doubled in just a couple days so it's likely that the vast majority of okinawa covid cases will end up being u.s soldiers stationed there great job america hey kids and like, do you, do
1: you want to spread COVID around the world?
0: <laughs> also, looking into this, like, the so well, the situation on Okinawa between the people there and the U.S. It has, has
1: soured in recent
0: yeah, years. Yeah, it's been pretty bad. The governor of Okinawa, very interesting character. Mm-hmm. He uh, literally is the the son of a nameless, unknown U.S. GI who impairs, Cotton Hill, like, <laughs> like basically like. Yeah. He, he's never met his dad. His dad was a soldier in Okinawa who banged some local woman and then just like got the fuck out of there. So he, like, he spent, he, I saw this interview with him where he was just like, yeah, my childhood was terrible because I look white. And he's, he's this white, he, he looks like a white dude, yeah. speaks only Japanese, but he's, he just has this like deep-seated personal sort of animosity towards yeah. the uh, U.S. military presence in Okinawa and this situation has made him very mad. Yeah. So, it'll be it'll be funny if, in addition to just, like, everything else, this uh, f- present fucking situation uh, results in the U.S. Uh, getting expelled from Japan yeah. <laughs> or some shit. Wow. Uh,
1: meanwhile, back here in the United States of America, the Trump administration went ahead and made a little change to how coronavirus hospital data is handled. Previously, that hospital data was sent straight to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. But now... It'll first go to the Trump administration's Department of Health and Human Services, and then it'll go to the CDC. Oh, great. Basically, uh, it will go to partisan bureaucrats before being given to scientists. Which, this kind of sounds like money laundering. (laughs) (laughs) No, we get a nail salon. data laundering. Yeah. Uh, HHS is claiming that this is because the CDC's data gathering operation is less adequate than their own, which sounds like some serious bullshit. And also, if even if that is true, it's because the government didn't fund them enough. Yes. And many in the medical community seem to believe that this is a terrible idea and will lead to less data and less accurate data getting to the people at the CDC who really need that data.
0: Yeah, this is, uh, I mean, this is like the same as how, like, the, some of the states, like Florida, for example, like, like oh, we lost the, some numbers. Yeah, the numbers weeks. started looking bad, so they just Didn't changed the how the
1: numbers were collected and also fired anyone who, you know, called them out on it. This is like, this is like a nonpartisan thing, too, because like if, if Biden was in right now, it's like, hey, stop giving the numbers to the CDC. Yeah. Once like, you give it to us, like, this is what? extremely suspicious here. Yeah. 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 So, yeah huh. Anyways, the
0: CDC for their part, are very concerned about where this virus situation is headed. Uh, CDC director Robert Redfield said in an interview this week, I am worried. I do think the fall and the winter of 2020 and 2021 are going to be probably one of the most difficult times we've experienced in American public health. Now, why, why would he say that? Well, it's because unlike this previous flu season when the COVID cases were still relatively low, this next one could happen while COVID is still raging. I mean, if the line keeps going up,
1: it doesn't really it's going to be bad. Down. Uh,
0: it has the potential to completely overwhelm hospitals and clinics. Um, it has the potential to be fucking terrible. Yeah. Now, of course, there are, uh, there are ways to prevent that from happening. Pretty simple choices we could all make. Yeah. Uh, as Redfield said elsewhere in that interview, if we could get everybody to wear a mask right now, I really do think that over the next four, six, eight weeks, we could bring this epidemic under control. Wow, seems simple. Nope, that's uh, that's a bridge too far. You're asking too much. When they, ch- I'd rather die with my face exposed than
1: live with Almighty. my face under a mask. When they announced like that, uh, California was like reshutting down on Monday. I just haven't. I, I've been a wreck ever since. I'm just like, this is never going. to end. It's never going to gonna end. end. I'm so fucking pissed. Cause yeah. like I'm could- losing a year of my life. One of the one of the
0: should be the best years we could have had a summer. Yeah. You know I'm, how much I am in my prime, ladies and gentlemen. Like I was, might not look like it. It's fucking sucks to be stuck in the house during the summer.
1: Yeah, and no, I that sucks. But also, uh, first of all, California has already canceled like the first 2021 event, the, yeah, Rose, the Rose Parade, the Rose Parade, which the has very been, first event of which 2021, which hasn't been canceled since World War II. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and to a lesser extent, I just got the rescheduled dates for my Rammstein tickets, and they're not playing until September of 2021 now. So a year and two what months, I have to wait to see Rammstein. Damn. Damn. I might have to request a refund. <laughs> I can't have my money tied That's up the in thing. Ticketmaster that long. You,
0: you, you could only request refunds for cancellations.
1: No, they, they let you do this, but they give you like 10 days to do it or something. Oh, if it's scheduled more than like a year. the The, 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 the rules are so stupid on purpose. Mm-hmm. Anyway, speaking of masks... Walmart announced this week that masks will be mandatory in all of their stores nationwide starting on Monday. And apparently this has been happening in a lot of their stores, but not all of them. Okay. And that's a good thing, but it's also way too late. Yeah. Uh, Kroger also said the same thing. Yeah, Kroger. Kroger uh, owns a bunch of different supermarkets. The Walmart,
0: the Sam's Club, fancy Walmart.
1: Yeah. Um, Also, this is definitely going to lead to an absolute onslaught of new cell phone videos of shoppers losing their goddamn minds at having to shop with a small piece piece of cloth over their nose and mouth. I feel so terrible for these workers. But apparently, like, they're hiring, like, yeah. they're hiring essentially bouncers. Oh, is that true? And they're, they're calling them, like, healthcare, uh professionals, something yeah. like that. But they're just bouncers. In the announcement, I mean, I'm like, it does sound like you're taking this
0: seriously. It's weird that it took until fucking July, but, uh, yeah. I mean, cool, I guess.
1: Anyways, uh, since Walmart's first line of defense is usually greeters who are almost always elderly and highly at risk for the disease, this could get ugly yeah but I, really, I, I, I really hope
0: it's true what you're saying is they are doing that they're like actual mask bouncers because like
1: well it's it's a uh, uh, um, at some Walmarts people were talking online about how the Walmarts that were enforcing it had already hired. What are a set I keep saying bouncers because that's what they are. They just yeah. have a nicer name for them. Yeah. They're like health monitors or something like I that. I mean you do need
0: like the reason. But they're like
1: giant dudes who are out yeah. of work
0: bar bouncers. Yeah. You need you need that type of person because, as has been shown, like it's the same as what happens at bars. Like you, you throw these people out on their ass.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like you might need to get physical. Yeah. Anyways, the videos will be great, but I feel mm-hmm. terrible for the employees. I, yeah. As long as they have that line of defense, though, I think it could be okay. Yeah. But there are going to be people, be people that like sneak in and go, oh, look, oh, put the mask down once I'm inside. Yeah. And they're going to get thrown uh, out on their ass.
0: I hope so. Just yeah. Come up.
1: <laughs> carry them out. Yeah. No, they need to get those like. Uh, the poles that they use, the animal control, where you just <laughs> wrap them up with it and like, oh, carry yeah, them the out. Lot, the
0: sticks? Yeah. yeah, like I think India was uh, <laughs> already that, using the... Well, and they
1: were beating people with like uh, uh, plants and stuff, too. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Well, we'll see what happens at Walmart. <laughs> uh, so, the Walmart will dictate the course that the rest of the country heads down, I guess. Anyways, that's it for today's <laughs> video. Please enjoy our most recent videos. We have a great episode of uh, Weekly Weird News and a great episode of News Dump. Check both of those out, and we'll be back soon. Bye. Bye. Wear your mask.